if you would, we're going to be in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. read from the King James Version, and it reads, and David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto Ziba, uh, and to, unto him, art thou Ziba? And he said, thy servant is he. And the king said, is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Macri the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then King David said and fetched, sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now, Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David. He fell on his face and did reverence and said, and David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bestowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king said to Ziba, Saul's servant, and saith un and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy servant's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Lord, bring a word for your people right now. Touch me with your wisdom, touch me with your words, so that I may bring a word from on high. Not from myself, not from my intellect, not from my theology, but from the pure spirit of the Holy Spirit from you. Bring a word for your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And to take your seat, I want to speak to you from the word dropped. Just simply dropped. I don't know if you've been dropped before. But I'm here to bet you that somebody been been dropped. I don't know if you've been dropped from relationship, dropped from a job, dropped from whatever you may have been dropped from. But we just gonna talk about dropped. 
So I don't want you to get comfortable in your misery. Don't get comfortable and die in Lodabar. See, the text today focuses on two main characters, David and Mephibosheth, the grandson of Saul, the son of Jonathan. It is a story about the stress that experience, that is experienced that is caused by change. It is a story about an invitation that was accepted. It is a story about friendship, promises, grace, love, compassion, forgiveness, hope. So seldom in the profile that is readily available about David do we see such kindness. David is generally thought of as a little shepherd boy who slew the giant or committing adultery with Bathsheba, or running from Saul. We remember him from being a man of the God's own heart, relocating the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, his many wives, the incest in his family between his sons and daughters, and his friendship with Jonathan, the son of Saul. It is the friendship with Jonathan that brings us to this story today. Earlier in, in Samuel, we see a very powerful friendship between Jonathan and David. We know that they were close because Scripture let us know that they loved each other as if they were one soul. David and Jonathan had bonded together and were very loyal to one another in spite of how Saul felt about David. David and Jonathan had made a covenant of friendship to each other, promising that whoever survived or outlived each other would look after each other's families. The incident certainly stands as a challenge to us as to how we operate with our friends and what kinds of promises have we made, kept, and or broken. It is also a challenge to honor the promises that we made to our own parents, grandparents, and descendants, and to do, and to do so reflects how we also keep our promises to God. We are certainly living in a time where all relationships are suspect and challenged. Oh, y'all, y'all don't hear me. If, if, if you have a friend, it just seems like everybody is wondering what is going on between them as if there is, is no such thing as pure friendship. It is a, equally a concern when friends are friends irregardless of the problems and perceptions of others. You know how, how it is. People want you to be mad at your friend because they mad at them and they don't understand when you say, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. People want you to be mad at a whole family because they had problems with one member of the family. We just can't seem to separate individuals and deal with the issues. At any rate, this is a time of much turmoil. Saul had failed as the first king and David is now king. At the time, Jonathan and Saul, uh, and Saul die in the same battle on Mount Gilboa. Mephibosheth is only five years old at the time. It, it was chaotic. The king is dead. The prince is dead. Now, what would happen to us? The nurse picks up the child and while running for their lives, drops Mephibosheth. While she saves his natural life, he's now crippled for life. I don't know about some people, but if you've been dropped, don't let it cripple you for your whole life. If you failed at something, don't let it cripple you your whole life. And Mephibosheth belonged to the royal line and thus lived in exile and fear from King David. He was subject to persecution and slander, but was rescued due to the promise that was made by his, to his father that he probably never had even heard of. And somebody made you a promise today and cancel it tomorrow. Come on, somebody. 
David kept this promise for years. Mephibosheth would still be in trouble if David kept promises like we keep them today. We have uh, trouble keeping our promises to each other in each other's face. But David is faced with the challenge of keeping his promise now that his friend is dead. Most kings in the time of David tried to completely destroy the families of their rivals in order to prevent any of the descendants from trying to regain the throne. David did not do that. And David would kill somebody in a minute now. Yeah, I do know that. You do know Saul gave David an impossible feat. He said, go get the foreskins of the 30-something soldiers and bring them to me. Amen. If you don't know what foreskins are, I go home and read you. Uh, go Google it. Amen. They ain't going to talk about it. I got to get ready for 11 o'clock or some kids being there. So I can't let you know what they are. But he, he went and he did everything the king said. One time, uh, somebody was urinating on the side of the temple. And David said, if he don't did he disrespect the house of God? He would disrespect me. Kill him. Come on, somebody. David would kill somebody in a minute. But he didn't do this because he had a covenant with, with, with Jonathan. So, so he said, look here, go find somebody. Go Mephibosheth. He would be in trouble, but he didn't do that. He was told that Jonathan had a son and the son was alive but lame. His search landed his servant down in Lodabar, a city east of the Jordan River, a city that was characterized by its barrenness, wastelands, and devastation. His search took his servants to Lodabar, the city in the midst of the wilderness. Lodabar, the place of no pasture, no greenery. It was desolate in Lodabar. Down in Lodabar, Mephibosheth lost his rank, lost his prestige, lost his respectability, lost his reputation, lost his superiority, lost his self wheel down in Lodabar, Mephibosheth went from living in the palace and hiding out with a family friend. Mephibosheth went from the prince to servant. Mephibosheth went from powerful to afraid. Now in Lodabar, the orphan, Mephibosheth is found and afraid for his life. David did not want to take his life but save it by restoring him all that had been taken from him. Mephibosheth was going to have to trust David. Mephibosheth is summoned to the palace and received because of David's deep love for his father. But Mephibosheth, now 20 years old, whose name means from the mouth of shame. Come on, somebody. Don't you let nobody name you. Mephibosheth. So his name was Mephibosheth before he was even lame. And sometimes when you let people call you out your name and call you something beneath what God has called you, sometimes you accept the shame that people put on you. Come on, somebody. Don't you let anybody define you for your misstep. Don't you let anybody define you for your infirmity. Don't you let anybody define you for your failures or your losses. Don't you let anybody define you from your sinful nature. You better let them know you better call me what God calls me or don't call me at all. My name is not Mephibosheth. My name is not the mouth of shame. My name will not be any name but what God has named me. And if you call me out my name, something beneath what God has called me to do, I shall get, oh, y'all don't hear me. How can two walk together unless they agree? Some of our lives are so messed up because we have aligned ourselves with people that's always talking about us. Even we know they're talking about us, but we still want to hang around them because we've known them since fifth grade. We've known them since sixth grade. We've known them since whenever we knew them. But at the end of the day, baby, if they're not in agreement with God has called you to be, they are a menace to your life, a menace to your destiny, and they are a deterrent to your purpose. Yeah. 
20 years old. And now he come out the mouth of shame. He came face to face with David. He fell flat on the floor in an act of submission. He referred to himself as a dead dog, meaning he felt he had no worth. See, I know people today, y'all, you know, people love dogs. You know, you know, us might not love them as much as some of our counterparts, but some people let dogs lick them all in the mouth and ride in the front seat with them and eat off the table food and buy them houses with better AC than they own. And come on, somebody. Just, 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 just send them to the spa, get their nails done. Have you ever seen them dog get their hair done or put them clothes on and shoes as if their feet may be cold on the pavement in the wintertime? Come on, somebody. And, and see, you don't understand. Back then, a dog was a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, they don't hear me. They didn't like dogs. Dogs were shameful. They didn't want dogs around them. So he's saying he's calling himself a dog. He ain't calling himself Lassie. Come on, somebody. He, he ain't calling himself old yellow a sounder. He's calling himself a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, 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 not the dogs you see on TV. No, 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 no. Not, not Snoopy. He's calling himself a real dog. He's humbled himself and he's nothing. But David quickly put Mephibosheth at ease. He said, look here, look here. I, I know I'm supposed to kill everybody in your family, and I usually destroy the remnants of the remaining, but, 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 but I promised your daddy that I was going to take care of you. David quickly put him at ease and offered forgiveness and invited him to dine at the king's table and to be cared for the rest of his natural life. He was accepted and adopted into the royal family. See, this is what I'm trying to tell you. David took him away to the throne and gave back everything that had been taken away from him. See, the thing about it is you have been adopted. See, the thing about it is Jesus is, is God's only begotten son, but he has many sons and daughters. You have been adopted into the faith of Jesus. You have been adopted into the ranks of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You've been adopted, and even though the devil try to act like you don't deserve anything, God says you can have everything at the table. I know you've been dropped, but you can have everything that's in my hand. I know you've been dropped, but I will every, every good work I began in you, I shall finish it. I I know you've been dropped, but I shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. I know you've been dropped, but my God says you are worthy of what it is he wants to give you. Oh, let me see something. It didn't end here. Mephibosheth is really a picture of you and me before God until we become uh, God's children by being born again into his family. We are enemies of God and exiled in Lodabar. God's enemies are any person who displeased God and break his commandments. Mephibosheth was a member of the enemy of God, of the family of God, but, but God had a special invitation waiting on him. This story is placed here to show us a type of salvation that is available to us through Christ Jesus. Like David, our Lord searches for us until he finds us. Like David did, once Jesus finds us, he tries to have a little talk with us. Then if we're willing and ready, our Lord Jesus redeems us. Jesus restores and returns us to our Father's table in peace. We too are heirs to our Heavenly Father, <clears throat> Father's kingdom, but somebody dropped us while we were running for our lives. 
David's love was exemplary uh, of the love of God. It came out of a merciful heart. He didn't have to find Jonathan's son. Nobody else was there when he made the covenant. Nobody knew but David what he had promised. Nobody would have even cared. After the way Saul had tried to kill David 23 times, he could have said, forget the whole thing. Let them make it, it the best way they can. But David was gracious and sought out the undeserving and gave all that he could <clears throat> and more. Only God can touch man and make him do this kind of deed. Mephibosheth was lifted from poverty to plenty through the grace of the king. Every day God shows us kindness and mercy. We are undeserving, but he keeps on blessing us anyway. We are undeserving, but he keeps on keeping us. We are undeserving, but he keeps on striving with us. We are undeserving, but he keeps on forgiving us. We are undeserving, but he keeps on loving us. He keeps on coming where we are to bless us and lift us up. God, in his loving kindness, offers an us everlasting life in his family and to die at his royal table for the rest of our lives. The choice is ours. We have fallen and are also crippled from the drop, but we don't have to stay there. We are lame from the drops of our falls. We are running for our lives. We got so busy running till we trip and fail. <clears throat> We've fallen into trouble. We've fallen into confusion. We've fallen out of the will of God. We've fallen into sins. We've fallen into yokes and burdens. We've fallen by following our own ways instead of God's way. We've fallen into curses. We've fallen into selfishness. We've fallen into pride. You have have. have you may have even been carried and dropped, dropped by someone who was trying to save you, dropped by someone else's fall, dropped by someone else's sins, dropped into a place where you didn't belong. Now you can't walk straight. Every time you try to get on your feet, you fall down. Every time you try to walk, you fall down. Every time you try to make a vow to the Lord, you find yourself having to take it back. Or every time you promise the Lord, I won't do that anymore, you fall down. Every time you endeavor to do the right thing, wrong kicked you over and laughed at you in your face. You may be, con you may be content in Lodabar because you are alive, but get up, don't get comfortable in your misery and failure. God has greater for you. Sometimes we just forever be the victim and continue to walk in our own despair and walk in our own self-pity party, but God has made you fearfully and wonderfully, and just because you had one setback, just because you had one misstep, even if you had more than one, God is still faithful to pick you back up again. The Bible says a just man falleth seven times. Seven times doesn't mean he only fails seven times, but she only fails seven times. Seven times is the number of completion, which means you could have failed 35 times. God will still pick you up again. You could have failed 99 times, but God still picked you up again. I don't care how many times you mess up, you would not live in Lodabar. God want to take you to a place of running milk and honey. God want to give you a good measure, bless Press down, shaking together, and running over. You won't live in Lodabar, even though you've been 
drop. I know you are crippled by despair. I know you're crippled by death of loved ones. I know you've been crippled by diseases. I know you've been crippled by things from your past. I know you've been crippled by desire that you don't want to turn loose. I know you've been crippled by your pain. I know you're locked in alcoholism and defeated, but I implore you today. I invite you today. I entreat you today to come out of Lodabar. You can come out. Come on out. I know you feel like nothing. I know you feel like you're nobody. I know you feel like you've been walked on. I know you feel down so long, but God will pull you out of Lodabar. You just got to be faithful and say, Lord, I'm tired of living a defeated life. Lord, I'm tired of losing every day of my life. Lord, I know. I'm out. You don't belong there. You belong in the king's palace. Come on, somebody. God want to give you a good measure blessing. Press down, shaking together, and running over. You hear me say it almost every week. If you ain't got that in your head by now, I need you to get it there. I need you to understand that God is not satisfied with blessing you. He want to give you an overflowing blessing. God is not satisfied with giving you a job. He want to give you a big promotion. God is not satisfied with giving you a raise. He want to give you so much money that you have to give it away. Can I talk to somebody for a bit? You serving abundant God. A God that say, oh, y'all don't hear me. You see, you get caught up in these broke, these broke Christians who want to act like you're supposed to be broke. He want to act like you're not supposed to be blessed. But I serve a God that said, he sent Jesus to give me life and to give it to me more abundantly. I don't know about you, but the Bible said that he wishes above all things that I be prosperous and in good health. I'm trying to hurry up. (laughs) You better come out. You don't belong in Lodabar. You better come on out. (laughs) There's nothing but death for you there. Come on out. There's only defeat for you there. Come on out of Lodabar. There's wasted land there. Come out of there. There's only pity parties there. Don't you let Satan have a victory over you because your God has begun a good work in you and he shall finish it. See, Satan wants you to think that you won't make it outside of Lodabar, outside of 23rd Street. Outside of 10th Street, he, he want to make you think that you're going to die there like some other people died there. But, but come out, because you can make it out. God has something better for you. God has a way out for you, but you have to be faithful and trust him. God has prepared a way for you to escape. Just walk in it. Just walk, rattle, crawl. I don't care if you got to slither out of there. Just keep on moving. Repent and tell God that you messed up and don't let the devil make you feel guilty because if you could have done it all by yourself, he never would have walked down 40 and two burning generations. He never would have rolled himself in the flesh and came out Emmanuel, God is with us. He never would have walked in the way of suffering, the way of Via Dolorosa. He never would have let them put nails in his hand to bring the forensic of soteriological dispensation. There'd be no shedding of blood. There'd be no remission of sin. If he knew you could have done it by yourself while we were yet sinners, he still would have not have became the perpetuation for your sin. If he knew you could have done it by yourself, he never would have went to that rugged cross. He never would have let them stretch him wide. He never would have died for you. He never would have became sin for you if you could do it by yourself. So when you fall, just get back up again. 
Hey, get out of here. It was funny. When Paul was bitten by a snake, they thought he was going to die. And they called him a devil. But he just shook it off in the fire. And then they thought he was a god. Can I talk to you for a minute? I don't know if you got bitten before, but you got to learn how to shake it off. There's a story, Brother McClendon, that was told to me by an old school, old school pastor. And he said that was a mule. And the, and, the, and the farmer tried to bury the mule. And he put the mule at the bottom of a 30-foot hole. And every time the, the farmer would throw dirt on the mule, the mule would just shake it off and put it under his feet. And every time the farmer kept on for about two or three hours, kept throwing dirt on the old mule. And the mule kept on shaking it off and putting it under his feet. But after a while, when sunset came, the mule came to the same level as the ground was, shook it off, and walked away from the farmer. I need to tell you something right now. I know people lied on you. I know they stabbed you in your back. I know they didn't do you right. But can you shake it off and keep on moving? Don't you stay in Lodabar. You better shake it off, put it under your feet, and keep on moving. Can I tell you something? use that instead of saying BS but can I tell you something about manure every now and then a gardener a landscaper a farmer will grab some manure even though it's stink they'll grab some manure even though it's waste and they'll spread it all over the ground and although it's manure although it's BS all of a sudden the crops get greener all of a sudden the grass gets greener all of a sudden the flowers bloom stronger can I tell you something I know there's some BS there's some manure in your life but if you learn how to walk through it it'll purge you if you learn how to walk Drop bones, but if he just. Speak- 
I'm alive. Death can't kill you. Brokenness can't stop you. Why? Because God shall supply all of your needs. He who began a good work in you shall finish it. I know you're tired, but keep on walking. I know you're tired, but keep on pressing. Because the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but those who endure. Don't faint in your well-doing because God has already given you the victory. Already. Don't die. I know you've been dropped, but don't die in Lodabar. Don't you die. You better let God pull you up. Don't you die in Lodabar. Don't you stay there. Don't you wallow there. Keep it moving. Lodabar is just a place of manure where God has planted you, but it's going to fertilize you. It's going to build your character. It's going to take you to a whole nother level. Whoo. I don't know. I just want to talk to somebody that's going through something. It's not there to kill you. It's there to make you. It's not there to destroy you. It's there to shape you. You are in the merciful hands of the potter. And the potter wants to put you back together again. The problem with Humpty Dumpty is this. They were looking for all the king's servants and all the king's men. And none of them put Humpty Dumpty back together again. You got to find the potter. You got to find the God who made you. And I don't care how many times you fall. If you fall harder than Humpty Dumpty. He'll still put you back together again. He'll put you back together again. The problem with us is, you know what's good about clay? Clay don't talk. It just takes the shape of the potter. The problem with us, although we clay, although we dirt, we want to talk back. God, hold on now. I don't know if you need to shake that over there like that. I need, I need to do this. The potter wants to put you back together again. Ooh, I think I'm going to preach that about two weeks from now. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus, I feel that one. It ain't going to be next week. It'll be the week after that. But the potter wants to put you back together again. I know you in Lodabar, but he's shaping you in Lodabar. He's pruning you in Lodabar. In the midst of all your drops, he wanted you to be lame. Because he wanted you to listen. Uh, uh, Reverend Walden was, was teaching one, 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 one Bible study. And I learned something when he was teaching it. Because I always knew how the sheep depended on the shepherd. But what he said was so kind of cruel. And I was like, Peter going to get you for that lesson. Because what he said was that whenever the sheep keep going astray, what the shepherd will do is break the legs of that sheep. Ooh, Jesus, help me, Lord and carry the sheep around his neck. Because that one, that one sheep that could keep going somewhere, 
he got to make sure that that, sh- that that sheep understand his voice, understands his scent and his, his everything about him. And so he carries that sheep around. And then that sheep begins to learn how to depend on him. Sometimes God will break your legs. Not your physical legs, but he'll break your legs. He'll take something from you. He'll move something out of the way. He'll kick the crutches away from you so you can depend on him. I know you was depending on your friends, but they weren't there. I know you was depending on your mom and dad, but she, they couldn't get to you. God says, you know what? Again, I'm on this concept again. He said, I make you lay down in green pastures to make sure I get a blessing to you. So if you're going through Lodabar right now, it could just be God making you lay down. It doesn't look green right now, but God is about to bring you a blessing that you won't have room to receive. You just have to be faithful and faint not in your well-doing. Because although you've been dropped, hallelujah, you're coming out of Lodabar. You coming out of Lodabar. Your name is not Mephibosheth. You're not from the mouth of shame. You are a king. You are a queen. Conduct yourself as such and make sure other people respect you in the same manner. Hallelujah. Amen.